Well, this morning I would like to read um, with you the Ten Commandments. You know, when I was growing up, the Ten Commandments were read every single Sunday. And uh, that was back when we still had morning services and evening services. And in the morning, you could count on the fact that it was the Ten Commandments. In fact, we heard it so regularly that I think all of us could have just recited it cold. Um, I think I almost could still do it if I would dare try, but I won't. Um, And um, so anyway, we, we stopped reading them because we tried to hear from the New Testament often more positive kinds of words. I think one of the things we often thought was that the Ten Commandments are all about thou shalt nots. And it's all about the saying no to this and that. Well, let me just set it up a minute this way. The first verse, of course, says, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. And they're talking there, he's referring there, God is, to the Exodus, right? Crossing the Red Sea. And what I simply want to say before we begin reading is that when Israel left Egypt, they were rescued from life under a ruler and king who had no interest in their well-being. He had one interest, and that was in his own well-being, and he would use and abuse them for his own purposes. You know the story, the, the, the young boys were being thrown into the river, uh, they were slaves, it was, it was um, brutal is what it was. God rescued his people through the Red Sea, and you know, the Red Sea crossing is really the day Israel got baptized. They, they were put under the waters, and the waters for them parted. For Pharaoh and his army, the waters closed in. The waters have a blessing promise and a curse promise. And that double-edged sword of the water of the Red Sea is still the same double-edged sword that we end up with in our baptisms. We just don't always think about that so much. We just see a little drip or two, a little splash. It looks cute and polite. But what it means is that we are under the jurisdiction of the Lord for better and worse. We live life under the rule, not of Pharaoh, not of Satan, but of the Lord God, the Father of Jesus. Anyway, that's the background. So, Exodus 20. God spoke all these words. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself an image in the form of anything in heaven above or on the earth beneath or in the waters below. You shall not bow down to them or worship them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, punishing the children for the sin of the parents to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me, but showing love to a thousand generations of those who love me and keep my commandments. You shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God, for the Lord will not hold anyone guiltless who misuses his name. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy, Six days you shall labor and do all your work. But the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither you nor your son or daughter, your male or female servant, nor your animals, nor any foreigner residing in your towns. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea, and all that is in them, But he rested on the seventh day, and therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. 
honor your father and your mother so that you may live long in the land the Lord your God is giving you. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not give false testimony against your neighbor. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife or his male or female servant, his ox or donkey, or anything that belongs to your neighbor. Then, of course, we used to always conclude by saying, right, the first and great commandment is to love the Lord with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind. Whoops. More surprises at Ebenezer. <laughs> this is okay. Um, and then the second one like it, right, is love your neighbor as you love yourself. On those two commandments, the law and prophets depend, we were, we were told. Well, learning to say yes. The Christian life has a target or a destination, a goal. We want to say with all that we are, with all that we have, we want to say yes to God. Right? Because God is the only true God. Right? God is so good, we would say. God is so powerful. He rules over everyone, everything. We live life under his jurisdiction. That's what our baptism teaches us. This world belongs to him and we belong to him. And there's a relationship there. We know a number of things about God. I mean, we know all kinds of things. God has given us Jesus. God has moved into our hearts as the Holy Spirit. God gives us life, right? Carries us not only in this life, but, but through death he carries us into his presence. And the list could go on, all the things God has done. The point is that when we, when we start getting just how much God has given us and how much our existence every single day through our whole lives is all about God's being gracious to us, providing for us, giving us things we can't do for ourselves. When we get that and see it and let it soak in, it just plain makes you humble and thankful. And you say at those points, we want to honor him. And represent him well in this life because we are, after all, images, representatives of God. Well, the Ten Commandments are, to put it crassly, like a Reader's Digest version of God's will. They are God's way of saying, here are a number of ways, here are ten simple ways that will help you say yes to me as your God. It's kind of interesting, you know, because there are lists for all kinds of things. There are seven, seven ways to increase your metabolism and get rid of stubborn fat. Right? At least. There are three ways, I'm sure, to improve your communication skills. You can find lists like that that say, here's four simple steps that will lead a person to Jesus. Here's five steps that will give you financial freedom. And here's two simple lessons that will get you a better golf score. 
All kinds of lists. You can find them all over the place. When I was young, and I think many of you will remember this, there was a song Paul Simon used to sing, 50 Ways. Remember? Just hop on the bus, Gus. Drop off the key, Lee. You know that song. You know what? In the last number of years, the last number of years, the Christian Reformed Church on its official website has a whole series of tools called 10 Ways. Ten ways to be a caring elder. Ten ways to be a caring deacon. Ten ways to, well, all kinds of things. You can, you can go on that website and find all kinds of really wonderful, helpful summary sheets, including one, my favorite, which says, ten ways for people of all abilities to grow in their faith. It says things like, be careful of first impressions. Don't just build a wheelchair ramp, build a social ramp. Wow. And the two things I like best, everybody belongs. Everybody serves. (laughs) If you're a member of the body of Jesus, you're in, and you're valuable, and you need to do something. It's true for every every level of ability from the smallest to the greatest, whoever we are. Well, if you went searching for lists of ways to improve just about anything in your life, anything at all, you just Google it and you'll find stuff. But it's not like this is something we just invented. The Ten Commandments are God's way of saying, here's here's how I can help you, here's how you can learn how to say yes to me. Yes, God is the king. Yes, I belong to him. Yes, I need to serve him, want to serve him. It's the right thing. It's the good thing. It's the way of blessing. It is. So, we, we read, actually almost twice this morning, the Ten Commandments. And did you notice, like when you read through that, did you notice how many words in there sound negative? I mean, there's something to that, right? You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself an idol. And you shall not bow down or serve them. You shall not make wrongful use of my name and... and, The person who does will not be held guiltless. Wow. On the Sabbath you shall not do, not, not, not do any work. You shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness, you shall not covet your neighbor's house, your neighbor's husband, your neighbor's wife, your neighbor's Lexus, your neighbor's latest technology, whether that's an iPhone of sorts, or whether that's some kind of milking machinery, or some kind of combine, maybe even just a modest Dodge Caravan. But you know, that's a lot of, nope, Uh uh-uh, don't go there, don't do that. That's a lot of no. But we said the Ten Commandments were God's way of helping us learn to say yes. 
So question, is this just one of these positive spins that we hear of late? Is this just trying to put things in a pleasant framework because, you know what, nobody wants to be the bad cop. Nobody wants to use the word sin. Nobody wants to forbid anything. Are we trying to make the Ten Commandments sound nicer than they actually are? Well, this isn't actually just a lately thing. A couple of things I hope just walk through. 500 years ago, 500 is when the Heidelberg Catechism was written. And tucked within the Heidelberg Catechism are are, uh, Lord's Days 34 to 44. There are 23 questions in there that have to deal with the Ten Commandments. And you know what? For the most part, those questions and answers are a delight. They are leaning positively into things because they make it so clear that, you know, the Ten Commandments say no a lot, but every one of those no's Every one of those no's is framed by and anchored by and enriched by a much huger, a gigantic yes that surrounds them. Not doing this or that. That'll keep you from going in the wrong direction, it's true. It'll keep you safer. It'll protect you from a number of things. All of that is true, but you know what? It's much more about what the commandments want us to lean into positively, not so much about the negatives we avoid, it's, it's about the things we lean into to saying yes to the things that are right and good and godlike because that's the way you live fully. Simple example. You can get into a vehicle. I don't care what kind of vehicle it is, whether it's an automatic or a standard transmission, but you start the thing up, great. You leave it in park or in neutral, great. You can sit there for as long as you like. And you can congratulate yourself and say, at least I'm not going in reverse. At least I'm not going sideways. All great. But if you want to reach a destination, if you want to get somewhere, you want to grow and advance and mature, you got to put something into gear, something into drive. Living, human, breathing beings say yes with every breath that they take. You do, I do. And the question is, what are we saying yes to? To whom are we saying yes? The Heidelberg Catechism, you can check it out for yourself sometime. The Heidelberg Catechism has a very positive spin on the Ten Commandments. 500 years ago already. This isn't just a new progressive, even liberal spin. Whoa. Jesus said something before this. 1,500 years before the Catechism. Imagine. That's 2,000 years ago. What's the summary of the law? If you had to explain what the Ten Commandments are all about to identify the core values, you couldn't do better than Jesus. Jesus put it this way. The summary of the law, love the Lord your God with all your heart and soul and strength and mind. It's the first and great command. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. 
That's it. That's it. That's it. The commandments. They're about saying yes with our whole being to God. And they're about saying yes to people around us, all kinds of people, including ourselves. Love your neighbor as yourself. Here's an even more amazing thing. Jesus didn't invent this perspective just 2,000 years ago. This positive perspective on the commandments to love God, to love others, to love people and ourselves, Jesus claimed those words from Deuteronomy 6 and Leviticus 19 back in the days of Moses another 1,500 years before. This is old stuff. The idea that the law was about way more than a bunch of you shall nots has been there all along. So, ten ways of learning to say yes. Number one, square one. Who's on the throne? Who's the master of the universe? Who? The God who rescued his people from Egypt, that's who. The God who wants his people to live, not die, that's who. The God who gave us Jesus for the very same reason, that's who. Say yes to the God who actually cares about our well-being and who's actually able to provide. Find out what he's about, find out what he longs for, and lean in. Number two. And this is an interesting one because, you know, this is the one where the command says, uh, do not make any images, right? Idols. So there's a sense in which, right, maintain the distinction between the creator and the cre- creation. Don't go looking after stuff here and pretending it can do for you what only God can do. And then there's such an interesting irony in all of that because it's almost as if God broke the second commandment. He didn't. Almost. He created people. We're not to create images. God has already created his image in the world. People. This command says, say yes to the wonder and the dignity of every human being made in the image of God. Stop judging, evaluating, rating each other. Every one of us, and this this is as big as the world. I mean, Ecuador, Ukraine, Russia. Iran, Sudan, the United States, Masquachis, Stony Plain. Every human being, and even closer to home, from Danielle Smith to Rachel Notley, wow, to Justin Trudeau, to Tyler Shandro, everyone image of God. Number three, say yes to integrity. Don't just pretend to be a child of God. Don't just pretend to belong and love the Lord. Don't just use the handle of Christian, but take the name of the Lord. Actually be a child of God, a Christian. Say yes to integrity so that Your outside matches your inside and your inside matches your outside. That commandment all by itself is a life's task. 
Number four, the Sabbath one. Say yes to living by the grace of God. That's what that is all about. It's not about making sure you don't do this, that, or the other thing on the Sabbath. It's about saying yes to the grace of God, the rhythm of work and rest. That includes Sabbath. If you can't get it all done in six days, you got too much going. Sort it out. Prune, purge, dice, slice. Plain and simple, it's not all up to you. Figure out how to say yes to God whose grace is your life. That's a hard commandment, i got to tell you. I'm not sure how that works in your life, but I can tell you in a pastor's life, especially because we work Sundays, it, you can, this gets messed up so badly. And it's a hard one. You can preach grace, but deal live it, right? Number five, honor your father. Say yes to the authority of others to the input of others in your life, to the mentors and the role models, the figures whom whom have been placed in your life. Say yes, in other words, to humility. I have things to learn. I need to be disciplined, to be confronted sometimes. Say yes to the input of others whoever they might be. Sometimes it's a parent, for sure. They can teach us even when they get to be really old and weak and needy and dependent. We're still learning what it means at that point to honor them. But this ties into teachers and councils and churches and others around in the broader church. All of these things Say yes to humility. Number six, this is the do not kill one. Say yes to the dignity and worth of every human being and the miracle of life. Enough said. Number seven, say yes to the sacredness and the wonder of God-like promise keeping. The kind of promise keeping that binds people until death do them part. Say yes to the sacredness and wonder of faithfulness and long suffering because that's how we image God who keeps promises and asks us to do the same. Say yes, number eight, to respecting boundaries so that you respect the space and the stuff of others You shall not steal, it says. Well, this is about saying yes to their value, to their dignity, and staying in our own lane. Number nine, say yes to truth-telling. Don't throw people under the bus. Ever. But say yes to being both kind and truthful. And number ten, say yes to gratitude. That's the coveting one. That's another hard one. Coveting is an inner disposition. It's not an act. You can say, whoa, you just coveted. You can never tell because it's going on inside, right? Say yes to gratitude. Be thankful 
all that I am, all that I have is a gift from God. And, and this focus that is just being driven into us in this culture of, you know, I could use a little bit of that. I really like that too. And I, I don't know, I, I need, how much is enough? Well, a little more. I need what she has. I want what he has. How do you shape a Christian life? By learning to say yes to all the things to which God says yes. Interesting thing, in Romans chapter 8, Paul talks about the spirit given to us so that the just requirements of the law might be fulfilled in us. So we get the Holy Spirit so that we can be law keepers. That we can fulfill positively the law of God. And then I think about fulfilling the law is, is about the fruitful presence of God's Holy Spirit. The fruit of the Holy Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. And then Paul says, against such things, there is no law. There's no no against the fruit of the Holy Spirit. There's no no there. Thou shalt not be gentle. Thou shalt not be kind. Etc. It's about a yes. The fruitfulness of the Spirit is about saying yes to the things which God says yes. So, the rhythms of our lives, the choices that we make, the attitudes that we have, the prejudices that we have, the ways in which we tell our stories or speak about our circumstances or speak about each other, these are all ways in which we are saying yes to something, to someone. And this morning there's just this that we're left with mom dad grandparent sister brother child church member business person how might you lean in more intentionally than you have into saying yes Yes to the wonder of God. And yes to the wonder of God's image in yourself and in all the people around you. That's a good question. And there's enough there for us to chew on for at least a few days, don't you think?